Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. I'm your host, Camry Rorda, and again, I just want to welcome you and thank you for taking time out of your day to tune into this podcast. If there's something you hear in this, please share it with your friends, with your family, with your neighbors, with the person in a whole nother state who you've become, who's become part of your rodeo family. This is the kind of information that we hope to share that just keeps you guys going up and down the road, that motivates you, that inspires you, that gives you those tips and tricks and clues to become the person and the competitor that you want to be. So today we are excited to have two young rodeo athletes who are chasing those gold buckle dreams. They've experienced the obstacles. They've been in those crunch time positions where they had to come in clutch. They've just overcome a lot of things. They've worked a lot on their mindset, and they have a lot of cool things to share with you today. And it's always fun to have the younger generation who are currently out there competing in high school rodeo and college rodeo here to share their perspectives and their experiences because they're just relatable in a different way than what we can be as adults sometimes. So I just encourage you to, to listen up and, and to take notes and just to take this stuff to heart while while you're learning and and growing on your own rodeo journeys. And I also want to encourage you guys to head on over to rodeokids.com. You can sign up to have your opportunity to win a Rodeo Kids scholarship to attend a camp, a clinic, uh, or some kind of learning opportunity. We also have the Rodeo Kids Recruit Me. It is up, it is working, and it is rolling. We have got coaches on there who are looking for you. They want you to be a part of their team. So head on over to the rodeokids.com backslash recruit me page to get your information uploaded. If you are a high school senior or junior and wanting to college rodeo and haven't picked yet, highly, highly, highly recommend it. Get on there. If you are a rodeo kid who is a sophomore or a freshman, you can get yourself on there too and get some recognition. Let coaches know that you're interested so that they can start to follow you. We want them to know that you are out there, that you are willing, that you are wanting to be a college rodeo athlete so that they can watch you, they can track you, they can see you grow. Uh, Even if you're not the kid who's out there winning the big titles or you're not the one who is on the, you know, you don't have the buckles, you're not winning all the money. That's okay. That's not what rodeo coaches are looking for. Yes, they want those kids, but they also need the kids who want to get better, who are working hard, who they can support and give the coaching to, to help them become champions as they enter college and beyond. So you do not have to have those accolades to college rodeo. You do not have to have those accolades yet to be successful in college rodeo. So get on over there, sign up, get prepared, and let the those coaches find you. Let's get started with today's Rodeo Kids podcast with Lakin Cunningham and Devin Moore. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. Welcome to the Rodeo Kids podcast. Today we have Lakin Cunningham and Devin Moore. Um, these are two very talented individuals that uh, came up through the ranks of um, you know, junior rodeo and and youth and uh, high school rodeo on the National Little Britches Association. And now um, Lakin's on to college and Devin's still chasing some of those rodeo goals in high school. And from what I read, you've got some big pro rodeo goals brewing too. 
Uh, so welcome guys to the podcast. Uh, we're glad to have you here and I'm excited to hear your stories. And uh, today I'm going to, what we do on the Shorty Kids podcast is just turn it over to you to share your stories and we're just going to see where it goes. So um, Lakin, you're to the, my left on the screen. So let's just start with you and uh, just share your story, share who you are, uh, what you do, where you're at in life. And we'll go from there. And then Devin, we'll let you pick up after Lakin. Yeah, so my name's Lakin. I am 19. I am a senior at Missouri Valley College. I mentioned that I'm 19, and typically you're not supposed to be a senior when you're 19. And I actually am graduating with my Bachelor of Science in two years. Um, I'm doing this because I'm going to chiropractic school in September, and I will be doing that for human and equine. That is my goal. As far as that goes, I hope to one day own my own practice, but as far as the rodeo aspect goes, I have been rodeoing since I was six years old. Um, I started in some youth rodeo associations when I was in sixth grade. I started with the Kansas High School Rodeo or Kansas Junior High School Rodeo Association and then the National Little Birches Rodeo Association, and I did both of those associations through my senior year, and then last year I finished up my freshman year um, at the National Little Bridges Rodeo Association. Um, I've had quite a few accomplishments through that. I made the junior high finals and the high school finals every year from sixth grade to my senior year, whether that being in goats, barrels, rain cow, horse, queen, all those. Um, some of them all in the same year, some of them a little bit spread out with just goats or just barrels. But um, yeah, so I actually was the 2021 world champion goat tire for the National Little Bridges Radio Association. That was my senior year of high school, and that was a goal that I had set for myself. Gosh, when I probably first started goat tying, honestly, um, that when that happened, actually, I didn't even win the average there. I won the first go round, and then I placed in the second go round. My short round one, my short round run did not go exactly how I wanted it to go, and I didn't even think that I won the world. I kind of thought that I had lost the title. And so actually when I won the world, I was kind of in shock and I don't even think it set in until after I even left because I really had just thought that I had lost it even after I did end up winning it. I ended up fourth in the average that year, but I did still end up winning the world. And I'm so, so thankful for that now. Um, And I was thankful for it then too, but I was just in such a state of shock that I didn't even know really that it had happened. Um, and then this past year, I went to the college national finals rodeo as a freshman, and I ended up 13th, won the spot out of the short go, but I did end up winning um, the rookie of the year title for the goat tying, and I ended up placing in the second go round with a 6.3 second run. So I guess that's a little bit about me. Uh, I guess Devin can take a run at that. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, uh, nice to meet you guys. I'm Devin Moore. Um, I'm out of Clear Lake, South Dakota, and I'm a senior here at Dual High School. And, and uh, yeah, so I guess a little bit about my rodeo journey is that it kind of started when I was really, really young. My uncle used to he used to ride bulls in, like, 4-H and stuff, and I always thought that was the coolest thing. So, um, at like two years old, I started getting on some of those, uh, 
gosh, you know, like those big yoga balls, I would sit on those for balance at two years old, like every day and practice balance, bounce around on it. And then at three, he started letting me get on some like little steers and calves and stuff. So I started trying to, I was starting to bull ride at that age. And that kind of went until I was about eight years old, where I then transitioned from bull riding um, to showing Hereford cows nationally. And so then I started to make a pretty big career out of showing Herefords um, all around. And uh, then early 2019, I think it is, a different uncle of mine sent me an old, little old rigging. I opened the box and I just, I looked at it and I go, well, I guess this is, this is what I'm doing now. So I went to uh, Lazy 3S Rodeo School, which is not even a rodeo company anymore. But uh, I went to one of their rodeo schools and kind of got on my first one there. And then from there, I was hooked by the adrenaline rush and then, the, you know, the atmosphere of everybody. And I was just like, well, I suppose. So I started rodeoing early 2019 ended up making the junior world finals or the junior NFR in Vegas that year um, and placing 12th in the world that first year. And that psyched me up, but I wanted to at least get into the top 10. So next, the next year I tried harder and harder. I got a new rig in and the next year I ended up sixth in the world. So um, yeah. And so now I've gone to that junior NFR the past four years and I think it's four yeah four years um and now I'm kind of transitioning into some pro rodeo awesome so you've got your permit this year yep awesome so one of the questions that I had written down because you mentioned um Hereford cattle and uh my husband and I we are Hereford fans so good for you um uh, we've got some right now that are just calving so uh, we don't show but we still like Herefords uh but anyway do you think that that time frame that you transitioned like was that a good thing for you was it just a thing like what did you learn in that period where you took a break and you stepped back from rodeo um, I think that was a pretty good time period because I think for me trying to bull ride from a young age and I think I was trying to, I think I was just trying to make it look cool. I don't think I was really going to it for, for, you know, what it is like respecting the sport that it is. I think I was trying to, um, bull ride because there's a certain hype about it. And, um, then when I show started showing cattle and then built this group, this like family of seeing all my friends at all these different shows, working with all these big cattle companies, um, some like um, express ranches who sponsor the rights, like just things like that makes you kind of see, I don't know, the dynamic behind how people should be, you know, and so how you should be as like a competitor in the arena or even outside of the arena. And so me transitioning back into rodeo and doing some bareback riding made me open my eyes about what rodeo really is. Yeah, that's cool. And like one thing, I guess I've never really thought about it this way, but uh, as a rough stock rider, 
you don't get that interaction with your animals like time to vet people do. Like, you know, like Lakin's over there taking care of her horses, feeding them, watering them, doctoring them, doing that every single day. And as a rough stock rider, unless you have your own practice stock, and even if you do, you don't have to spend an hour riding them or working with them every day to get them more broke because you don't want them broke. You want them to buck. So, right. Um, so you probably really gained a, a stronger respect for that, for animals in general, and the, the lessons of responsibility and community that it's a rough stock rider. You really don't get. Mm -hmm. That's yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. I'd never really thought about that. So, um, I've got one more question for you and then Lake and I've got a couple for you too. So you started out as a bull rider and then you transitioned into bareback riding what why what was the reason for that well you know here's here's a theory i come to think about you get on a horse and they're a lot stronger and if you fall off it's a lot harder and further of a fall but at least the horse doesn't try to kill you in the end versus a bull uh, and you know bull riding wasn't it wasn't horrible for me it was just I, you know, I got that rig and I thought I could try something new because I had just been fresh to riding a horse like that because bareback riding, you're using muscles you've never used in your life. And I kind of liked, you know, I felt more accomplished after I rode a bareback rather than riding a bull because riding a, bear, a bareback, you have a certain technique, you have a certain, you know, flow, but riding a bull, you kind of just got to stay on there. So, yeah. you know, it's just two different types of yeah yeah you bet one of our uh rodeo kids team leaders is going to join in with us uh there might be another one or two that jumps in so they'll be here to ask some questions as well um cool yeah that's it's it's always fun to hear you know because i feel like a lot of rough stock writers transition from one way to the other like you mentioned in the article that i read that tim o'connell you know he was one that he was a bull rider to begin with and then they said you know you've made a lot more money riding bareback horses because there aren't nearly as many bareback riders as well and you're probably not going to like you said get stomped on or pummeled or beaten up quite as badly as you would if you were riding bulls and now look what is he a four-time world champion four or five three times yep yep yeah yep. pretty awesome so yeah it's just, it's just fun to hear those stories so um okay Lakin, back to you so in the goat tying, um, you talked about that moment where you thought that you didn't win, you know, you'd worked really hard and you got done tying your goat and, and I've been there before, like I can relate to you. And so I'm just interested to hear like how, what, what was that moment of disappointment like? And what do you think you learned from that time? Well, you know, I, I immediately got done tying my goat and I really just thought like, I was so defeated. I was so, so upset with myself. I'm like, you know, I could have just done so much better and all I had to do was tie one more goat. And, you know, I was the last girl cause I was coming up, I was coming back as the high callback too, because I had placed in both rounds and I, I really was like, well, all I got to do is tie a goat. And I, I mean, I tied the goat, but not how I wanted to do that. And you know, when they're, they're figuring points and they're figuring the average and everything, it takes a while, especially in the Little Bridges Association, because they have so many other events going on that they have to figure so many other events as well. And, you know, that moment, it was, 
it was probably an hour to an hour and a half long wait just sitting there thinking that I didn't win it and of course my mom is very handy with the point system and she she thought that I had still won it but you know I didn't really want to believe her either until the official points came out because you know she has made some mistakes in the past as well. Um, <laughs> so I, I really didn't want to believe her in that moment. And I was just so upset with myself. And then, I mean, I just kept sitting there refreshing the page and refreshing the page until they had finally posted it. And I just feel like when they finally posted it, I don't even, I, I feel like I was relieved, but at the same time, I just didn't, I don't even know if I understood like that it was right I it was just such a weird feeling and people were coming up and congratulating me and all this and I I didn't even really know how to feel honestly and I feel like it would have been completely different if I would have had a different outcome in the short rounds and you know looking back on that I I guess I'm I'm blessed for that because thinking that I didn't win really allowed me to just put everything into perspective and I don't know. I, I have, I've been in that position before where I haven't won. And yeah, my mom is actually sitting here beside me. And there was, there was a, uh, I actually competed in Vegas toughest in 2019 and I actually won the average there, but how they do that is they have the hot round where it's a clean slate and that's where all the money is. And I had, I had won the average by quite a bit there and going in, I ended up reserve at, Vegas toughest and I was so upset because I had lost like ten thousand dollars in that instance and I mean Little Bridges was after that so putting both of those into perspective I just feel like I'm I'm so grateful for both 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 associations and both different I don't even know why I can't even say this but both like <laughs> both times I guess that happens because one I lost and one I won. And, you know, I, I feel like I got over it faster when I lost than when I won, which I don't even know if that makes sense. But looking back on it, I'm so grateful for winning because now I have that accomplishment and people think that's so cool. I mean, I'll be standing in line with somebody that doesn't even know anything about rodeo and be able to tell them I'm a world champion. You know, that's really cool to say. And mm -hmm. I guess the learning aspect of it is just looking back on being able to experience both different times and being able to learn how to lose and being able to learn how to win. Yeah, that's really important. One of our uh, big phrases that we like to use at Rodeo Kids is win or learn, I never lose. Um, you know, right. the lessons that you learn when you lose. One, to me, if I if I feel like I've got something that I, I should have won and I didn't, um, it fuels my fire. You know, if it's something that it was, right. that, that was in my control that I didn't, I didn't practice hard enough, or I didn't do this, or I didn't do that. Like if there's things that I can put responsibly on my shoulders, um, then it's something that I can say, wow, like I need to get back after it. You know, like I need to practice this. I need to practice that. Um, and at the same time, you know, there's also times that it's, it is just out of our control. And, um, uh, as long right. as I know, I put my, my best foot forward and I did everything I could do and I left it all out there on the arena, then God's got a plan for me. And there was, there's a lesson for me to learn and, um, whatever's next is next. And, and it's okay. As long as I did my very best and enjoyed the process, you know, because, um, yeah, being able to say you're world champion, that's that's gotta be huge and a huge confidence boost. And 
Um, but you know, you're not stopping there either. So whether you win or you lose, like there's still the next thing. Um, those titles just help give us that confidence boost and, and that thing we get to write down on our resume that helps as well. Right. And that, and honestly, that was kind of the difference between Vegas Tuffet and between Little Bridges is Vegas Tuffet. I lost that because of a stock draw and I just didn't draw the, the right goat to be able to win it and then little britches i did i did draw a good goat and i did not fulfill my duties and Mm -hmm. so i think that was the difference there is vegas toughest i was upset but little britches i was even i was more upset with myself because i Mm -hmm. i had the goat to be able to do it on and i was actually i took a psychology of sports class i guess it was probably a year ago maybe a year and a half ago now and that guy said you should compete to have fun and not compete to compete. And, you know, that's really stuck with me because if you're not having fun when you're rodeoing, I mean, what are you doing? Like, yeah, I, I, that's really stuck with me. And I give a lot of lessons and stuff like that. And I tell that to girls that are defeated that are my lesson girls too, because I'm like, if you're not having fun, you need to take, take a step back and you need to learn to have fun again. Because if you're not having fun and you're just competing and you're getting defeated with yourself all the time, then you're never going to be your best. And that Mm -hmm. was something that I've had to really overcome throughout the years too, is my mental game. And I mean, we all still struggle with mental game, but trying to learn how to overcome some of those mentalities is, is huge. And that saying has really stuck with me ever since. And, you know, at these college rodeos, I don't get as nervous as I did at the high school rodeos and at the high school level. And I honestly think it's partly because of what that psychology teacher told me because I really have put that into perspective and if I'm not having fun when I'm competing at the college radios then I I've made myself take a step back and I've made myself learn to have fun again before I even get into that competition atmosphere yeah I love that my dad just shared um he read an article I think it was in the team roping journal I'm not sure but uh he said it was Jake Barnes he wrote in there and uh he said you know it's too expensive to one, not be getting better, and to two, not be having fun. Like this, and he was referring to team roping, you know, when you've got the horse, the cattle, but it doesn't matter if you're riding bareback horses or if you're goat tying or what you're doing. Like fuel is expensive. Trucks are expensive. Entry fees are expensive. Um, Vet bills and medical bills, all of it is too expensive to not just love the heck out of it while you're doing it. So I love that. And Devin, when she was talking about the mental game, you were just kind of nodding along. Were some things coming to mind for you? Yeah, I, I think, um, the mental game is like, it's, it's pretty, um, intense because, uh, I'll share a thing that I like to compare bareback riding to, and that's golf. And you wouldn't think, how would you, well, if, I walk up to the tee box and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to hit this 300 yards dead center. I'm, it's going to be great. It has to be great. And I skid up there, I swing and I shank it. Right. Rather than I just go up there. I'm with some friends. I'm having fun. I'm just want to do, I just want to go have some fun. I go up there and I try to do my best 300 yards dead center. Same with bareback riding. If I call into the shoot and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm running my hand in there. I'm like, oh, I need to be 90 points. I need to, I need to get to the lead. I need to get the arena record, something like that. Or, and then I go out there and I get behind, I get bucked off, something like that. Rather than I sit in the shoot and I go, 
all right, it's just another horse. It's just another rodeo. It's here to do what I do. And I slide up, and I nod my head, have a good ride. So I think that the mental game is um, a really intense thing that comes with rodeo. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, um, I don't know about you guys, but I've got a little bit more age on on me than you guys do. But, you know, when I go back to the practice pen, if I haven't been able to practice for a week or two, like I usually go out to Vegas and have a booth out there for a couple of weeks and, um, you know, you're gone and you're not back in your flow and you go back to the practice pen and your horse is fresh and everything. But yet it's like it just all comes together. It's easy and it's fun. And it's it's because you're letting your muscle memory take over and you're not putting all the pressure on yourself that we do. And we start thinking, thinking, thinking about, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. It doesn't work that way. Like, like you guys are talking about, it's gotta be fun. And you just got to let it flow. And if you're not doing that, that's when you run into roadblocks and stuff. So um, those are great shares and definitely things to think about. So um, I didn't read anything in your story quite as much, Devin, but I'm sure that you can relate to this as well. So I'm going to, Gonna ask Lakin because if you're a bareback rider, you've uh, had plenty of injuries, I'm sure, or things that were painful um, that kind of set you aside. But in Lakin's story that I read, it talked about how she got her foot stepped on right before she competed um, at the high or the Little Bridges finals. And um, just real quick, when when you were talking about the points for those who aren't familiar with the Little Bridges. Um, you guys get your points calculated at the finals and then the world champion is considered it's all your points over the entire year compiled together with your points at finals. Correct. Yep. Yes. So it's, yep. it's a year long average. Whereas at the high school finals, that is just how you compete at the high school finals. That's not an accumulation right. of your points over the entire year. So um, when you were talking about how you were still a world champion, even though you didn't do as well at finals, that's how that happened. Cause you know, when I first set up a booth at the little bitches finals, I was like, what, like, how does this yeah. work? Um, so um, just for those who, who aren't familiar, but so you got your foot stepped on and it was right as you were loading up to go to the little bitches finals. Um, you're injured. Luckily, the draw did work in your favor there. Sometimes the draw works yes. in our favor um, with injuries as well, not always just the stock that we draw. Um, so how did you mentally overcome and prepare for that those runs that you had to make? Oh, my goodness. So that was really crazy. You know, my mom was actually in Florida with my little sister, and I knew that if I would have called her and told her that I had gotten myself injured and broke some toes right before I had left she would be so mad and so I didn't even tell her about it because I went to the little bridges by myself that you're just I, well, I hauled there by myself my mom met me there but I I knew that I should not tell her about that because I didn't want to deal with that either and you know I was so blessed that I did not draw up, draw up until Wednesday Thursday that year because I could not even get a, bo a boot on my foot until Tuesday night and I think that oh, wow. is really that. Yeah, it was it was really bad. I had to go to the all contestant meeting and I had to make sure it was OK with our franchise leader that I went to the all contestant meeting with a tennis shoe and a boot on my other foot because I could not physically fit my foot into a boot on that Sunday night. And, you know, I think that's what really helped with my mental game is I just had to walk around for three days without a boot on my foot, but knowing that I wasn't 
competing until Wednesday night really helped me out. And, you know, I probably shouldn't have done this, but I did take some Tylenol before I competed because I, and I didn't feel it when I stepped off because adrenaline, but after I did tie my goat, I was like, oh, wow, you know? And I think part of it is I had broke my toes, but the other reason why I couldn't get a boot on my foot is because when that horse had stepped on me, she had taken a bunch of skin off my foot. And so I didn't want to put a sock on my foot was part of the other issue too is is the whole it was swollen but I also didn't want to take even more skin off that was already gone and I think just the mental aspect of it knowing that I was not up until Wednesday really helped me out because if I would have been up on Monday I think it probably not have it would not have won as well. But you know, what also did help me is Jim Boy Hash is this goat stock contractor there. And he is from Kansas and I am from Kansas. And he has, he supplied all the goats through all of my high school and junior high radio career. So I was smart enough to go up and ask him how my goat was. And, you know, he told me, he said, you just drew the goat that they won the first round of the college finals on. And I think that really helped me out because Knowing that I had a good go helped me not focus on my foot as much. Yeah. I love it. I bet your mom's sitting beside you just like cringing and rolling her eyes about this situation. Yes, she's she's <laughs> she's over there. <laughs> All right, Devin, what do you got to share with us? You're a bareback rider and a rough stock rider, so you for sure had your own bout with uh, injuries. And I know like I'm I'll I promise I'll let you talk, but there's a lot of kids, you know, last year I asked a bunch of the kids, like, what do you guys struggle with? What do you want help with? And they're like, injuries. How do you overcome injuries? Well, um, funny story. I'm actually injured right now. Um, oh, perfect. Not yeah. perfect. Not perfect. But <laughs> for the, the topic. Right. Um. No, yeah, my, I guess I could just share the story of my last rodeo, which is kind of, it was quite the time. Um, well, my last rodeo was in Fort Worth, and it was the Patriot Huey Patriot Rodeo, which Lakin was also at the week after I was there. Um, so, yeah, I guess I uh, um, I got down on my first one, and I went 78 points, and I won the first round. So I was pretty excited, and I was like, all right, well, I got the first round over with. I'm sitting first, coming in the second round. And the first round horses were our short go horses. So I was really, that helped me mentally thinking if I just won the round on the first, on a short go horse, then I should be able to do it in the short go. So um, I get to my second round horse. I think it, I believe it was called Night Train. And the second round horses were supposed to be a little more laid back and chilled. And I probably drew the strongest one out of the pen. Uh, but anyway, I got down on it, and uh, I I was thinking a lot when I was in the shoot, and that kind of screwed me up a little bit. But I got down, they opened the shoot, I go out, I lasted about like six and a half seconds before I got pulled over the front, and I came down on the back of my head, knocking myself out. Then that horse kicked up, and when it came back down, it came around right on my leg, which stress fractured it. So I had a concussion and a stress fracture, and it was only the second round. And I had gotten knocked out the month before back in Texas. Um, 
almost around the same time. So it's been a month before I had concussions. And I, uh, well, I got hauled out of the arena, woke up in the locker room, and uh, I was kind of out of it. I couldn't walk on my leg, really, so I just had to limp around everywhere. Um, I went back to the hotel to rest up a little bit, but I thought, well, I'm in second place now, and I've came this far. I don't want to lose it. So I thought, I'm I'm just going to get back on. That was a terrible idea. Never get on with a concussion. That was the worst idea. Um, anyway, I got to the short go, and I walked, um, I walked through the grand entry. Well, I couldn't really walk. I just limped. But um, got back, got my rigging on my horse, um, and this horse that I had was going to be really, really good, snappy little horse from our spade. And uh, I was out, uh, I think, I was out the left side again. So I get to the back of the chutes, and it's about go time for me. And uh, I realized that the other person who was sitting in first wasn't riding. So if I would have just rode that horse, I would have won. So that, like, hyped me up mentally. So when I tried to climb down over onto the horse, it hurt because I couldn't put pressure on my uh, right leg. And so I finally got into the chute, and I was in a lot of pain. But I just ran my hand through my rig, and I thought it was only eight seconds. I just need the last eight seconds. I slid up, and I said, okay, let's go. Got my mark out hit him like three times really good, but then got really behind. And then I just tried to grit it out the rest of the time. And then I also noticed um, before the ride that the horse is blind in the right eye. So that's why it goes to the left. So I second guessed the horse while I was behind. And I thought once we got to the fence, he would just keep going to the left. Well, he ended up going to the right, threw me over and then hung me up. And then, uh, I got stepped on a lot, kicked a lot. Everybody is coming from the crowd, from the back of the shoots to help me. I think I was hung up for like just a little over a minute. When I finally got out of there, I fell right to the ground. Couldn't really, I was still conscious, but I couldn't really, you know, feel much. And then I told them to help me up and they did. Then I realized I couldn't walk. So they had to drag me out of the arena and then get me to the hospital throughout the night. And yeah, so that, that was my recent injury. And that was not, it's like two Saturdays ago, two weeks ago. So any mom who's got a kid who uh, is considering bareback riding right now is like really nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure they do it right. <laughs> yes. So what have you learned from that experience? Well, don't get on the same day you got a concussion. Um, uh, I think, you know, there's many rodeos in my future and I think that this one rodeo wasn't going to make a huge difference in like my career. I still ended up second and I could have not rode and still ended up second. So I just think that I need to be a little smarter, um, make better decisions because you only have one life, one body, one brain. Um, but many rodeos. So I feel like you just got to stay um, mentally strong and physically healthy and just, you know, look out for yourself.
Yeah. Well, especially in the bareback riding when there's not very many bareback riders. So your opportunities are going to continue coming. It's not like they're going to end unless something terrible happens. So if you can prevent terrible things from happening, the opportunities will continue to present themselves. Definitely. Good lessons. I'm glad that we're working on being smarter and making better decisions. Life is a series of choices. So very cool. Okay. So both of you have decided to move on in life. Like you are growing, you are expanding, and you're going up to the next level. Um, We have a lot of youth in the Rodeo Kids program who are junior high, high school. We even have some elementary kids um, who listen to this and so what my question to you guys, and you can answer it whichever order you want. Um, how did you go about making that transition? Like Lakin, how did you decide that you wanted to college rodeo and how did you pick that college? Devin, what was it like taking that step into pro rodeo? Like what made you feel like you were ready for that step? Well, you know, so when I transitioned from junior high to high school radio, it was rough. Like, it was really, really, really rough. And my mental game was so off. My freshman year of high school was probably the worst year of radio that I've ever had in my entire life. And I had mentioned that I had made the high school finals and the junior high finals every single year, which that year that I did, but the only thing that I made it in that year was queen. And that I was so defeated. Um. I, I knew that I was a good enough goat tire and I had the barrel horse to make nationals that year, but my mistakes were really, really costing me. And when I look back on that, those mistakes were just my, you know, I dealt with my mental game all throughout high school and really middle school too. And that has been my biggest struggle, like throughout radio, my radio career mental game has been the biggest and you know, I have just really had to tell myself it's just another rodeo. It's just another run, like you had said earlier. And my sophomore year, after the worst year of my rodeo career, I ended up winning the all around, the barrels. I made it in the goats and the rain cow, cow horse and the queen that year. Um, the next year wasn't as good. I still made it in the goats and the rain cow horse, but barrels after that year, we don't even talk about anymore. Um, <laughs> which that That's just because of horse issues and health problems with my horses and all that stuff. But, you know, transitioning from that year to my sophomore year was great. Um, And that was because I learned how to control my mental game more. And, you know, I still deal with my mental game now and I still am. I still did last year at the college finals. I do all the time, but transfer trans transitioning from high school to college was way different for me because I've learned how to, control my mental game a little bit more and you know you can't always control your mental game you can try your hardest but sometimes there's just those runs that your nerves get the best of you and you know I had that happen to me last year at the college finals and I had that happen to me um at the last radio of the college season last year um I had that whole uh kind of the whole thing of not winning the world happen to me again at the last college radio of the season because I did not have a good run at the last college radio of the season and all I needed to do was make a good run to make the college finals and I literally called my mom immediately after that run and I told her I said I didn't make the college finals because I had a bad run which luckily enough for my team the two girls that were left that did make good runs call Vitus 
for the reserve spot and the women's team for the Ozark region. So I did end up going, but I was fourth overall. Um, I was not third, so I made it on the women's team. And so I was pretty defeated there. But then when I got to the college finals, I did okay in round one. You know, I wasn't nervous and it was super weird to me because when I went to the high school finals, when I went to Little Bridges finals, every single time I had those nerves. And, you know, sometimes I made good runs and sometimes I didn't. But at the college finals, I wasn't nervous the first and second rounds. And it was really weird to me because I'd never been to a national finals where I wasn't nervous. And I made good runs, both of those, both of those runs. And then my third round, all I really needed to do was have a good goat run. And I was a 7-1 or a 7-2. And it was because of my mistakes. I, I was nervous my third round. And I know that there's a helicopter flying over me, but, um, I was nervous that third round and I'm pretty sure that those nerves are what caused me to have those mistakes. And, you know, mental game is a huge thing. And I've said that a lot of times and I don't feel like you're ever going to master it, but if you can at least learn to control it, that's the best thing. And that's something that I would tell little kids. And that's what I tell my lesson girls now all the time is controlling your nerves is the best thing. And I said, it's not going to come easy and it's not going to come right away. But you have to try different things. You have to tell yourself different things just to get yourself to get over that whole nervous mentality. And it's not going to work every time. I mean, I still get nervous. I don't get nervous as much. But controlling my nerves has definitely helped me overall be a better competitor. Um, And, you know, I actually am hurt right now, too. We can go back to the injury thing. Um, I I, um, have been hurt three times this year already. And that is pretty defeating on me um, because this is my last year at Moval, um, last year part of a team. And I actually hurt myself last semester. I sprained my ankle really bad before the last two rodeos of the college season. And those last two rodeos were my best rodeos, which was super strange. But um, <laughs> being able to overcome injuries is a huge thing, too. And that, that's a mental block. And if you can learn to overcome that, that's, that's really great also. And, you know, those last two rodeos I did. And then what has been the biggest, or I guess the hardest thing for me right now is I just went, I just got back from Fort Worth, like two days ago, three days ago now. Um, And I did not do well at Fort Worth. I did not. Um, I did not make good runs, but I sprained my ankle the second practice back this season again on the same leg in a different spot. And so I couldn't practice for two weeks. And then I only had three practices before I left for Fort Worth. And honestly, I didn't make good runs, but I really think it was more mental game thing as well. I didn't feel like I was nervous going into those, but I also didn't feel prepared going into Fort Worth because I only had Mm -hmm. three practices beforehand. And, you know, I definitely feel like even though I wasn't nervous, that was still a mental block for me too, is because I'm like, oh, I'm hurt. I just don't feel prepared, which in all reality I think I just let that get the best of me and not let my muscle memory take effect Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of an example of just right now honestly and mental game and it can come in weird times and it can come in all different ways but learning to control it and knowing and being aware of your mental game is one of the biggest things I feel like yeah one thing that I like to talk about um with the kids too um is when you have those seasons in life where you have to take a break for whatever reason, whether it's an injury, whether it's um, a personal thing, whether it's 
you know, a death in the family or something, whatever it is that causes you a job to, to step back from, from what you're pursuing. I usually, I, I think that's God's time to tell us, like, we need to focus on something else. And as we've been talking about this whole podcast, it's in anything that you hear quote wise, it's 90% mental, 10% physical, doesn't matter what sport it's in. So in my opinion, these are the seasons that you take that time to let your body heal physically and let your brain grow mentally, because there's things that you can't, you can't focus on when you're competing all the time. And so I think God puts these interruptions in our life to say, Hey, you need to take a step back. You need to focus on something else. And so, um, Devin, you had mentioned golf earlier. Have you ever read the book golf's sacred journey? I have not. I highly, highly, highly recommend that for both of you about injury, about competition, about everything. Um, when I was in high school, that book changed my life. Um, it's one that I, um, I just love. And I'll actually, I'll just send you both a copy if you'll read it. If you're going to, if you're like, I'm not a reader, like don't even send it, then I won't. But if, if you're readers and it's an easy read, it's not like a, a one of those self-help books that you just want to bang your head against the wall because it's so repetitive. It's um, actually, it's a very good story and you can replace the word golf with rodeo or bareback riding or goat tying or anything that you want, any sport that you play, you can literally just replace the word and it will come into play. Um, and I read that book probably 15 years ago now, and I still implement the things and still reference back to it. Um, so I'll get your address at the end and I'll send you guys a copy for being on the podcast. And, and Devin, I want you to talk about your transition, but real quick, Lakin, you had commented something. Um, and this is just, uh, again, a mindset thing, but about how you made a bad run, your last run at the college finals or to go to the college finals. And that's what kept you from, from making it. And my best friend this year, she was trying to make the circuit finals in the breakaway. And she was putting so much pressure on that last run, which I understand, you know, those last runs are important. Um, but we have to remember when it comes to things like the college finals, that's a series of things, you know? So it, it actually wasn't that last run that you put all the pressure on that kept you from that. It was the runs before that that didn't go quite as well. You know, it's it's an addition of everything that comes up to that sum total. And even when you're in Fort Worth, you know, it's it's the addition of the way that you've practiced that you get the result. But it's not. It's never just one run or two runs or one weekend that makes it or breaks it. Um, and that's been one thing mentally that's helped me prepare to where every run is important because they're all an accumulation of the result. It's not just, oh, we got to the 10th one and now we need to get to 100. No, it's 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 that creates 100. Does that make sense? Right. And you know, yeah. And I knew that too, going into that run, which is why I think I put even more pressure on myself because I had a really, really good fall season last year. Um, I mean, I had mistakes, but I placed at like three or four of the five college rodeos in the fall and the spring I came back and I did really well at the first college rodeo the second one I had a major horse issue that had never occurred before and I was mad I was so mad and then the second my my third college rodeo I guess I came back and I won the long round I did so good and then the short round I didn't and then I did not make well I guess I guess I did you know I I I made the short round at three of the five college radios in the spring 
but I did not have the runs that I wanted. And I think that I knew going into that run that if I just would have done better, I wouldn't be in that position. And I think that's what kind of fueled me even more. And I think that that anger that was inside me already did not help because Mm-hmm. that last that last run I didn't draw a good go and that's what actually kept me from doing well and actually qualifying in the third spot versus on a team is I didn't draw a good go which you know that happens but I was just so angry of about my other runs that I I just let that get to me instead and mm-hmm. so I think I, I definitely agree with the it's not the last run like I really agree with that I just feel like that's how people come to interpret it when they're talking about it but I do know for a fact that it wasn't that last run that kept me from it and I think that the series of runs before that was what really angered me and it just that was I mean that's another part of mental game is being angry with yourself I mean there's so many different parts about it and you know I still ended up making the college finals which was great but not in the position that I wanted to make it in. But then I went out there and I kind of proved people wrong in the first and second rounds. And that third round, I, I messed up my tie and I got off a little early and those were things on me. And I knew that, And you know, I was, I sat there and I watched the short go of the college finals last year. And I was, I don't know that I was mad, but I was like, I wish I was here. I should be here because of my mistakes. And I mean, those weren't horse issues. Those weren't stock issues. I, the first two rounds, I drew a goat that stayed exactly straight. And I'm like, you know, if I could just draw a goat that ran left, I could be so much faster. And I drew a goat in the third round that ran left and I just didn't do my part. And, you know, I think that that fuels me now to be even better. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was hard sitting there watching the short go, knowing that I could have been there if I just would have done my part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's difficult. But those are... Again, God puts us in those positions for a reason to learn, to grow, to add fuel to that fire. Yeah. Okay. Devin, what's your transition? We're going to go back to that. You are transitioning from high school into pro rodeo, and that is a big jump. Yes, that, that is a quite the jump. Um, uh, well, you know, see some high school rodeos, um, I got the opportunity to get on some stock from all these different contractors and I'm really good friends with like the Sutton rodeo company. Um, we've also got, I think we got birches up here. We got muddy Creek, you know, we got some good pro rodeo stock contractors up here. Um, but, uh, Corcos, uh, but, like, it all started with, uh, I guess, our hometown pro rodeo here, uh, the Crystal Springs Rodeo. And, I love uh, that rodeo. That's one of my favorites. Really? Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, So, I was there, and I grew up. I've never missed a Crystal Springs Rodeo. I've grown, grown up there my whole life, I swear. Um, But I kind of go up on the hill with Steve Sutton, and he's looking over his stock and everything, and this was two years ago, and I was just like, you know, if you ever wanted to run one in for me, you know, I'd, I'd take him. Just kind of like as a joking matter. Well, then I get a call from Steve the next day saying, I got one for you, and you're riding tonight. And I was – Yep, I got to do an exhibition in my hometown rodeo. So I was like extremely excited, but – also very nervous because I didn't want to mess up in front of all my hometown crowd you yeah. know 
and I I didn't really get to tell my family or any friends that I was riding because uh, he told me like two hours before the rodeo started and I you know that's about the time I start getting ready um, but I think that since it was at my hometown rodeo it made my adrenaline pump even more which kind of blocked out the nerves and I got down on that horse and it's probably one of my favorite horses I've ever ridden. And um, I go out and I make probably one of my best rides that year, probably the best ride that year um, on that horse. And in front of my whole home crowd, everybody's cheering. Like they're saying my name. It was like, it was really, really, really cool. Yeah. And uh, I guess I didn't, I didn't really get to place because it was an exhibition, but they put me on the board and I was like third. So I beat like Ty Brewer and uh, I think some of these other uh, uh, national finals qualifiers. I was right behind uh, um, Tanner Ross. So that was yeah. pretty cool. Um, anyway, that's kind of, I kind of got to start exhibitioning in some pro rodeos and uh, then uh, I got a call from, let's see, I rode, I rode in Omaha and I got a call from Tom Reeves and he said that he would be, he would like to get my permit for me right when I turn 18. Wow. And that's awesome. Yeah. So that was a very gracious thing he did there and I was grateful for that. And so right as I turned 18, he sent me a certificate to get my permit and I got it and I didn't really enter any rodeos right away. Um, but the first rodeo I entered was probably the, was Rapid City, the the stock show. And actually, this is a picture from that rodeo. It's a cool picture. A few years ago. Yeah. Um, but I had wrote, wrote up there for the 20X that Sutton's put on for the high school kids. And I was second there. And I rode my first pro horse. And I, I'm going to say... I didn't make the buzzer because I double grabbed and I didn't want to get hurt in my first pro rodeo. And that was a mind thing because I could have rode that horse. It was a nice horse. I started to get her back at the end, but I got off a little bit and I just double grabbed. I don't know why I did it, but I did. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to let that drag me down. And so, you know, um, I double grabbed, but I still – I don't know. I still had confidence within me that, well, that wasn't me. I can do better. I can, I'll do better. I'll work harder, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. So that, awesome. that was pretty much my first pro rodeo experience. And then I'll be doing college rodeo probably this coming fall when I, I'm going down to Stephenville, Texas to college rodeo for Tarleton. So, I see. Have you been down to Stephenville to visit? Yep. Before I rode at Fort Worth, I, rode one down there uh that was my second visit there so yeah he'll probably get to meet dr andy wolf um he's one of our partners at rodeo kids he does um his program and his kids create all of the workouts for the tarleton state university rodeo team and he also does individual workouts so like i do my workouts through andy um as a roper so uh he's a, a good friend and uh he the last time i was at tarleton 
I thought he was going to kill me. Like it was so the workout was really hard. So if he listens to this, he'll, he'll get a chuckle out of that, but um, no, he does an awesome job. And if you are looking for help with the mental game as well, like he did a mental game, uh, we did a, a clinic over zoom and it was phenomenal to help with the mental game. So that's awesome. But one thing that I really liked that you said um, and how to, when, when it comes to making the transition and like in, in the article that I read, there were things that you put in there too, um, is Devin, you asked to exhibition, you created, you made a choice, um, that put yourself in front of people with more experience. And I think that is so powerful. And I think, um, you know, that's one thing that I've, I still work on as an adult is asking for help and asking for opportunities and creating those opportunities for yourself. And that's exactly what you did. And in that, you got people with more experience on your side and you put yourself in a position where you got to rise to the occasion, um, which is awesome. And like in what I read in yours is, uh, you know, that Ken Mason was there and and he got to, you got to talk to him and stuff. And, and Ken's an awesome coach. He He's a maker of champions. He does a, a fantastic job. And um, I just think it's really important, uh, as both of you know, and, and what I want to share from what I've read of your stories is just making sure that you are surrounding yourself with the people who are champions and who want to help you become champions. There are plenty of people out there who will talk. There are plenty of people who will um, semi-support but finding those people who truly support you and truly like Tom Reeves, you know, having having Tom Reeves and Ken Mason believe in you guys um, is that little bit of hope. There's a quote that I've been using a lot lately by Magic Johnson that all kids need is a little bit of help, a little bit of hope and somebody who believes in them. Um, and that's what you guys are receiving. And so for the kids and for the parents that listen to this, uh, I just want to encourage them to let their kids experience that help and hope from somebody else, because you guys know your parents have your back. You know, both your articles said stuff about your parents videoing them, helping you and like being so supportive. You guys have talked about them, uh, but you got to have more than your parents. You got to have that outsider that says, I believe in you too. I see something in you. You didn't just come out of my womb or I didn't just raise you. Like, I don't just know it because I've been around you. I know it because there's something about you that makes you stand out. And so um, just don't be afraid to surround yourself with those people and put yourself in those positions. Uh, so anyway, uh, this is the very end of the podcast. We just have a few minutes left. So I just want to ask you guys, you know, if you were to give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? That's a good question. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Lakey. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, you know, this is, I've talked so much about mental game this whole time. And definitely, I just feel like if I were to have, when I was younger, if I were to have just learned to control my nerves better, and, you know, my mom and my grandparents and literally everybody I surrounded myself with, when I, struggled with my mental game you know I still do but when I really struggled with my mental game they always told me that it was my mental game it was my mental block that was keeping me from being my very best and you know they're so right and you know you never want to you never want to believe your parents at that age and you never want to think that they're right but 
you know, they were, um, my mom was my right. My grandparents were right. And, you know, if I just would have learned to control my nerves and stop just blowing that off when I was younger, I truly think that it would have helped me. And one other thing, I guess, um, when I was younger and I guess I would tell this to younger kids as well, my mom gave me the choice whether or not to go to Kansas junior high radio or Missouri junior high radio when I was a fifth and sixth grader. And she gave me that choice because we were really close to Missouri um, all the Missouri rodeos were closer, but the Kansas rodeos were farther away. And the reason why I made the choice to go to Kansas was because at that time, the goat tires in Kansas were way tougher. And I wanted to surround myself with people that were going to push me to be better than to, to go to a place where I knew that I was going to be one of the top people. If I would, when, because I did go to Kansas, I was not the best goat tire when I went there. And it pushed me to be better. And I would definitely tell kids to do that. Surround yourself with people that are going to push you, even if it's not just the people around you, it's the competitors as well. And that has definitely, and that's, that is actually why I chose to go to Missouri Valley as well, is because I knew that Ken Mason was going to po- push me to be better. And, you know, I had been given offers to other places um, that had, a smaller goat tying program and I wanted to go to a place that was known for the goat tires and Mm -hmm. I mean I know that I'm I'm a person that is fueled by competitiveness and that's how I'm pushed and you know I tell my lesson girls that as well and I'm so glad that I made that choice but I guess those are kind of the two things that I would tell myself and tell others as well is surround yourself with competitiveness and surround yourself with the people that are going to push you and control your mental game and control those mental blockers. Yeah. It's like the quote, if you're the smartest or the most talented person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I like that quote. All right, Devin, you're up. You had some time to think about what, uh, what would you tell your younger self if you were to give your younger self advice? I think that I kind of would just, um, say, stay true to your dreams. Keep trying it'll all work out. God has a plan. Um, because like, there's going to be times that get you down in life. There's going to be a lot of those times, but you're, there's also going to be those times that you can go way up and then it's going to be, it's going to feel so good. You're going to make an accomplishment and it's going to want you, it's going to want to push you and drive you to be better, to do better and to do the best you can. So I just feel like, um, you just stay true to who you are and, uh, keep on keeping on, you know, you bet. I love that. Awesome. I recorded those, so they might end up on TikTok, just so you know. <laughs> um, okay. Well, thank you guys so much for, for joining us on the rodeo kids podcast today. Uh, you guys have, have shared a lot of, of knowledge and a lot of experience. And, um, I think your shares are going to help a lot of other people as well. And we're all in it together in the long run. So, um, yeah, keep up the good work. And the, I just have one piece of advice for you guys, and that's to have grace for yourselves in the process, um, to allow yourselves to make those mistakes and not completely beat yourself up. Let them be fuel to your fire, but don't let them tear you down and don't let them distract you from, from your overall goal. And, uh, just to have grace, grace for yourself, grace for others who are going through hard times. Um, I think the world could use more grace. So it's one of my favorite words. Uh, 
So thank you guys for joining. Um, if you want to take a little minute to share about this app that you're talking about, uh, you're more than welcome to share about that for a second. Okay, so this app that me and Devin are a part of, it's a new app called Next Level. And for those of you that know a little bit about LinkedIn, it is kind of set up the same, except um, it is more for athletes and those with talents to build their own personal brand. And I think it's super, super cool. Um, you guys should go definitely check it out. And um, we're actually doing Devin, me, um, my sister, actually, Abby Gray, um, Nicole and Tanner Phillips. They are both part of our Rodeo Insider series and we are doing weekly videos. Um, I'm actually starting a how-to goat time series on monday um the 13th um and you know devin has a lot of cool things to share about it as well but i definitely think that you guys should go check out the new app next level because i really think it's going to take people places and be able to help college recruiters scout people um so i guess i'll let devin share a little bit about what he thinks about next level yeah and you know they can kind of hit it right on the money there it's kind of just you know it's a good app to get on and get yourself out there, get yourself noticed. It builds opportunities and helps you to make connections, which is a very, very important thing in life. And um, uh, it allows you to have your next level connect me, which has all your links, any endorsements that you might have, any websites you might have, anything and everything you have can be right on that app access all from one place. And it's, you know, it's a great place to get out there and, and share yourself so yeah. i just i just think that uh yeah i just think that everybody should get on there check it out and you know have some fun with it okay very cool and hopefully Devin, Lake, and you're already in college but we also have the college rodeo recruit me page on rodeo kids so you can fill that out and it's also a way to connect with rodeo coaches so check that out as well all right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. I wish you guys the best of luck as you travel up and down the road. And God bless you and good luck. Thank you. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you so much. Thank you guys again for tuning in to the rodeokits.com podcast. I want to encourage you to take what you learned today and apply it so that you can perform better both inside and outside of the arena. And last but certainly not least, stay tuned. I know I've been saying that for a while now, but this Rodeo Kids leadership team is hard at it and they have got some fun and cool and super exciting things brewing that they will be sharing in the very near future. Head on over to rodeokids.com and join now if you would like to be a part of it. That is a wrap for this week's Rodeo Kids podcast. Good luck, safe travels, and God bless. Let us know if we can help you in any way at rodeokids.com.